0: Art, comedy, pop culture, and much more. You're listening to ACPN.
1: Emerald City Video, this is Russ.
0: Feel that one with that guy who was
1: in that movie that was out last year? <sighs> Hello and welcome to the Emerald City Video Podcast. Uh, this is a very special episode because uh, I'm talking with Sean from uh, Delicious Flavor, a Psych Rewatch podcast. Say Ew. hi, Sean. And uh, and yeah, we we podcast together about Psych, which was a great uh, show that, that they filmed in Vancouver. It was about a, a fake psychic detective, and uh, it it ran for several years, and then uh, at the end of it, everybody retired and went to San Francisco. And well, uh, not, I mean, everyone. not it. But I'm doing a bit here, you gotta, you gotta bear with me. Uh, tonight we're gonna be talking about the season, or the final season, not the season finale, because Sean hasn't seen it yet, but... Uh, I don't have cable. The final season of iZombie, which is a, uh, a show on the CW, it's filmed in Vancouver, it's about a, a fake psychic, or not really fake, but uh, go with me for the bit. Uh, and, uh, and at the end, a bunch of people retire and go to San Francisco. Uh, so, that's apparently a thing that you just do if you shoot in Vancouver for long enough, is you want to move to California. Um, although San Francisco is not that much different than Vancouver,
0: so. Yeah, I I don't recommend moving to California. Too expensive, too expensive, and too expensive. Fair. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, the, uh, uh
1: the the season uh, is is now officially over and like i said we're going to talk we're not going to talk specifically about the finale but uh i wanted to talk about season five as kind of a general thing um sean you uh t- tell people a little bit more about you besides the fact that you uh talk about psych with me on podcasts you talk quite a quite a bit about uh i zombie just kind
0: of in general yeah i mean i do kind of host a podcast about it um i zombie radio for those of you who don't actually know who i am probably a lot of y'all uh but uh my friends chris blaze and i just uh, chat i zombie um this final season's been a little irregular with our postings because uh, all three of us lead ridiculously busy lives so. Well, uh,
1: for me, I uh, I had fallen a little bit behind because uh, things have been chaotic here, too. But I did I got caught up in time for the finale. And then tonight I did a, a very special live tweet uh, where I live tweeted the series finale whilst eating um, Sweet Heat Skittles. Oh. Uh, Hellwater, or Hellboy Hellwater cinnamon whiskey.
0: <laughs>
1: Damn. Uh, sweet and spicy chili Doritos and uh, <laughs> and some hot wings from the bar down the road um, and then also I actually I had a a, a brain made of jello or like a, a jello mold in the shape of a brain but when I actually like went to try and table that so that I could uh, take a picture of it or whatever for the live tweet it just kind of flopped into non-existence like you could tell if you knew what you were looking at you could tell that it used to be shaped like a brain but it's not the, the jello didn't hold up.
0: So. Maybe needed to be chilled for just a smidge longer.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it was one of those things where I've had the stupid brain mold for like three weeks because I knew that I was going to do this, but then I kept forgetting to get the the actual jello. And Fair so uh, I, I I had like the four hours that it tells you you need to get it to set. I had like that four hours before like I zombie came on because yeah, but. Yeah. uh... But it was fine. I mean, it's not like I was doing. I was working while I was doing it, so it's not like I was doing a whole bunch of uh, having a whole bunch of fun doing this nonsense anyway. But I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to mark the occasion somehow. Um, I talked to Rob Thomas this morning about the the finale, and then uh, a couple of hours later, I talked to Rahul to Rahul Kohli. Um, neither of those uh, can I use the video because uh, with Rahul, uh, our our technology was trying to murder us. And I ended up, like, <laughs> putting my phone on speaker and recording it on a voice recorder. And so the quality is not great. And then uh, with Rob, it was slightly less uh, arcane than that. But uh, it was still, like, a, a CW-sanctioned publicity interview. So And so, uh, and so uh, it, it's specifically for comic book, not for the
0: podcast. Yeah. I mean, I read... I read the uh, Rob Thomas one before. Yeah, there's there's a bit more
1: in. there's a bit more coming from that still because uh, there were some things he immediately spoiled a couple of things because he thought I had seen it. Uh, oh, Rob. <laughs> and so, which I think has happened to there's me once James. before with Rob, but yeah, uh,
0: it's I actually it was funny. Last season, actually, it's very possible. If I'm not mistaken. It's,
1: it's it's actually funny too because in addition to rob doing that uh it's funny rob felt very bad about spoiling me he didn't realize i didn't know and so like the publicist called right back to be like hey i'm really sorry we both thought you'd seen it and i was like no it's really not a big deal like the nature of my job i know i'm pretty much gonna get spoiled on most things um and then i said you know did you hear about what happened with veronica mars uh which there's like a massive spoiler that, uh, that the fan base is very worked up about uh, in the, the season finale of Veronica Mars that just happened on Hulu. And there was a, like a, a do not reveal email, like a, an email that basically said, hey, when you're doing your reviews, don't talk about these specific spoilers. And like the massive spoiler that was a huge game changer in the final episode was like the top line of the email. So that basically the publicist spoiled the show for every reporter who hadn't had a chance to get all the way through it yet. Yeah, I actually did not get spoiled by that movie because uh, Chris Hainer, my my co-host from Archie Digest, uh, tweeted about it and was like, Hey, uh, reporters, there's an embargo email that just went out. Don't read it if you haven't watched the whole show. And uh, I went looked in my email and there was a dnr email for veronica mars and i'm like huh i bet i don't want to see that (laughs) um yeah i don't want to touch that that's not going to be good but that was a lot more blatant than what rob told me what rob told me actually uh he felt bad about spoiling it but i told him i'm like you know it just kind of feels like i could have predicted that particular thing um yeah but but in any event uh I guess for you again, not having seen the finale yet, how how have you felt about this last season? Because I do feel like uh, you're running this this uh, gamut of iZombie is a very particular kind of show, mm-hmm. and so the stakes are high, and and bad things do happen. But at the same time, there's a there's kind of a ceiling to how bad things can get because it just doesn't feel like the kind of show where you're gonna like nuke all of your main characters.
0: Yeah. Um it felt like it felt like it was trying to do everything in it possibly could within the short span of time they had which most final seasons kind of feel that way with how mm-hmm. the writers are like okay let's just throw everything we physically can at the wall and see what sticks and so we've got multiple brain episodes three or four different storylines going in one single episode. It was ambitious, and mm-hmm. sometimes they hit the mark, sometimes they got close, and sometimes they kind of just didn't. I was a little uh, bummed out. I've, 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 I've really liked
1: most of the season. I, I was a little bummed out by how little kind of satisfaction we got from uh, Liv's mom and Evan. Uh, yeah
0: because it was kind of like me. Yeah,
1: after after waiting 3 seasons for closure, the closure that we got was basically even after everything has come out and they understand why Liv did what she did, they still just treat her like she's an
0: asshole. Um and then just use her to their own advantage like, "Hey, smuggle us out of here."
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh rude. And and so that was like the, the whole, like, family subplot was really weird for me because I wasn't overly... Like, I, I wanted more from the stuff with her family. And then the thing with her dad I thought was a great twist in the sense yeah. that, like, the minute you see him, like, hanging out in that office and you realize what, what's going on with him, uh, it's like, oh, shit, that's a thing. <laughs> but... But I don't I, I, I do feel like and I always I always run into this problem with pretty much every movie, and I don't know why it continues to bother me, but it does. I just I feel like it's super convenient that like every single person involved with zombieism has like a one degree of separation connection to live even before like they, they become involved with the politics of the show. Um and it's one of those. It happens not just on iZombie, Zombie*. It happens in like every thing that you watch. It's always like, oh look, he happens to be the hero's best friend or brother or dad or whatever. Uh, and I don't want to like sound like Steve Ditko here, but it's it's it feels a little contrived every time. And uh, with, with iZombie, Zombie*, I think they made it work. But it was one of those things where, as
0: soon as they brought that in, I'm like, hey, that's a really cool twist. But like, why? Yeah, it seemed a little too convenient. I mean, they obviously made it work because mm-hmm. I I enjoyed that. It, but uh. it still was like uh, you couldn't have introduced him sooner.
1: Like apparently, what I what Rob told me is that every year they've sat down at the beginning of the season and were like, "This is the year we're going to introduce Liv's dad," and hmm. they never came up with a story they liked for him. And so the Beanpole Bob thing kind of happened because they had this character with a mysterious backstory and then they had her dad who they knew they wanted to use but they didn't have a backstory for him and so they just married the two things together. Yeah. Uh, What
0: what I would have liked would have been to introduce him (laughs) last season only under the moniker of Beanpole Bob and then this season have the reveal. So we kind of drag it out a little bit.
1: I, I think I think you're right. I think they had introduced him earlier. Uh, at a bare minimum, that flashback, like the like ten minutes of flashback we got to, the pilot basically, where we yeah. got to see uh, Donnie and um,
0: God, what was his brother's name? Uh, shoot, some uh, not Tommy. No,
1: it's. Uh, I can't recall. Um, shoot. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have to, to look it up because it's, um, but you saw Donnie and his brother and you saw like pre-Boat Party Blaine and all that kind of stuff, and uh, I, I, I really liked that. I feel like that would have been, if you had introduced Beanpole Bob last season, it would have been that much cooler to have the reveal happen in that episode, where yeah. it's like, go back to the pilot and find out like, oh shit, that's who that is. Um, also, his name is Scott E. That's, by, by the way, Scott Eberhardt. Oh, Scott E. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that, okay. yeah.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> which, again, just one of those, uh, I, I, I knew it was something and it was going to drive me crazy, so I had to look it up. It's been so long since he was on the show. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, and so. that's part of it, honestly, is that, like, Donnie has become the default of those two characters, even though he's the second one yeah so but uh, yeah and that's uh, it's actually funny uh, Rose was doing a thing during the West Coast airing where she was like hey anybody who wants to ask me questions go ahead and I asked her uh, so who has whose whose perfect hair is it more distracting to work opposite Buckley or Raul and uh, well that's a good question (laughs) her answer was what, no love for Bryce? And I was just like,
0: <laughs> well. Uh,
1: my, my answer to it was, like, Bryce, I've, I've only met Bryce once, mm. maybe twice. Like, Bryce and Allie could not pick me out of a lineup if their life depended on it. And, like, that's not an insult to them. Like, I've only met them once or twice. But, like, with the rest of the cast, they generally, like, they've encountered me enough times that they know who I am. And so I'm just like, I try not to make jokes at the expense of anybody who wouldn't know who I am to know that I'm not really being a dick. <laughs> oh, like, I can, I can make fun of Rahul and, uh, and Buckley, because if, if they were like, who the fuck's this guy? They could dig through my Twitter for half a second and be like, oh, yeah, I recognize that asshole. Um, oh, it's this dummy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Which actually I'll I'll make easier for them because I think after we get off, uh, before I go to bed tonight, I'm going to tweet a bunch of photos that I've taken on the set of iZombie over the years.
0: That would be a good way to send it all off.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wanted to do – and again, like with the knowledge that I was going to be working tonight and have to do other things that are not iZombie – uh, I wanted to do a few little things that were fun to just be like, okay, yeah, I'm sitting here in my zombie high t-shirt, eating my spicy food, uh, talking about the this, this series finale of I, Zombie Because this is, it's not just a show that I really like, but also, uh, I had primarily covered comics for most of my career, and, and the the TV writing part of my job really started about five years and change ago. And so iZombie is the first show that has lasted at a significant length of time that I like started covering before it was a show and followed through to the end. Hmm. Like I started covering Gotham right like before it was a show, right at the beginning, and I did a lot of interviews with those guys in the early days. But once comic books staff started to really expand, there were people who liked it a lot more than me, and so they got that gig. And with iZombie, I just held on to it the whole time because I'm just like, <laughs> no, this is this is a show that I like. And so it's uh, uh, I, like I was on the set the last time when we went in November or whatever it was. And I was like, man, this is the last time we're going to be in like New Seattle. And it's kind of crazy. Get a little like emotional about it. Uh, I took a photo with one of the production lady or one of the she's actually a publicist, but she's like an on location publicist instead of one of the L.A. people. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is just, like, one of the sweetest people ever. And uh, I was just like, yeah, I have no idea when I'm going to be, like, covering a show that she works ever again. Because, like, she's the Vancouver person. I won't know until I get there and she's working. Yeah. Oh, God. So it was actually – it was kind of funny, actually. I was talking – when I was talking to Rahul earlier today, he was talking about how, you know, you see all the pictures of them behind the scenes and they all love each other, but, like – he works with the crew as often as he works with the rest of the cast and he's he that one like most of those people he doesn't know for sure he's going to like see again in 2 weeks in LA and uh, i was like yeah that's actually that's fair like i the only person i took a selfie with on set was this one publicist who i'm not naming cuz she has a pretty locked down social media which i assume is by intent
0: <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah Probably but, for the best. Um, she was the one I told you about actually on an episode of of Delicious Flavor where it was like there was a beauty pageant contestant or something and I was like, I think it's this lady. Like, I think it's this publicist I know from fucking iZombie. And I, when I messaged her about it, she was just like, nope, that's not me, but now I really want to see a screenshot of what this girl looks like. <laughs> so. Uh. But, uh but, yeah, uh, the, the the last season's been interesting. Um, this, is, been this is a weird show. a lot show. of
0: fun. Yeah? I've been having a lot of fun with it because of, like, the creative directions they went with it. Yeah. I mean, really, the most disappointing part would have, would be the whole family thing. Yeah. With Liv's mom and brother. Though, it's more so her mom than it is her brother. If yeah, anything.
1: you, you kind of got the impression that he his heart wasn't really in it. Um yeah <clears throat> uh, um I, I feel bad for her brother too because aside from the fact that like those characters got the short shrift for the entire series, uh, which I can say without feeling guilty because like Rob Thomas literally said it during the interview um, mm-hmm. direct quote, well, yeah, yeah, uh, but despite like even beyond that, there's this thing of like okay, so you're 25 years old or whatever he is and you finally like, meet your father for the first time, and then, like, 40 seconds later, he's dead. And I'm like, that kind of sucks for you.
0: I mean, granted, the guy's a piece of garbage, but nevertheless... I mean, you know, he's the reason that there's an apocalyptic-level threat going on in your city, and you're having to be smuggled out instead of just getting proper medical treatment. But, you know...
1: it's 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 really funny actually one of the things that uh and, and again without spoiling anything but it's just a general tone thing like there's a there's a sense of hopefulness and there's a sense of enthusiasm in the Eye zombie finale and like there's there's a specific beat that's like really hopeful about humankind and human nature and i'm like i don't know if i buy this anymore <laughs> because you know trump but uh but it's 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 nice. Like one of the things I was I think is I think this is a show that will uh, continue to find an audience in the same way that like Pushing Daisies did. Because it's just it's easy to watch. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, uh, the other thing is that it's really it's, it's a very bingeable show. Uh, this season is the second time over the course of the five years that I fell way behind at one point in the season. And I had to, like, catch up by watching five episodes. And I, I really feel like whenever I've had to do that, it's it I get a better viewing experience out of the binge than I do when I'm watching it week to week.
0: Yeah. I think my girlfriend and I are going to re-binge the entire series. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to let it sit a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we're now going to start on Veronica Mars, because reasons. It's on the list of shows. It's just it's all on Hulu now. So yeah. Have Not you been spoiled well. on the
1: big thing from the end of season four? No. Okay. Well, then I, I won't spoil you. But that, <laughs> it it'll be interesting to see if you can binge all the way through to the kind of present day without getting spoiled on it because it's it's a big enough thing that uh, there's there's like angry mobs of fans um, on the internet. Oh, good. Um, yeah, I made a, I made a a joke that apparently was not acceptable by, uh, hashtag burnt marshmallow standards, and, uh, and, and it was one of those things where, like, I made a joke, and then Rob Thomas made a joke building on my joke, and I didn't use it in the article, but then I just tweeted it because I thought it was funny, and I've had, like, a steady stream of people for the last 12 hours who did not think it was funny,
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, And again, I I love Veronica Mars. And the funny thing is, I, like, the particular story beat that I'm talking about, I didn't particularly like. Um, Mm. But anytime you have, like, a mob of angry fans ranting at you and, like, you're losing any sympathy that you had from me at the beginning of this process.
0: Yeah. Ugh should be a fun uh, ride, though. Yeah. Um, if you can make it through Season 3.
1: Um, I will say uh, Chris Lowell, who uh, appears in, I believe it's only Season 3 and then the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he, uh, he appears briefly. He's the final non-series regular that you see. On screen in *iZombie*, um, oh. he, like, like there's a there's a scene at the end of *iZombie* where his character gets introduced, and from that moment on, basically all you see is him and then the surviving series regulars. And so it's uh it's it's one of those weird like I saw him in the opening credits today and I was just like, huh. Piz is in this. Uh, And and Piz is like, he he basically was a love interest for Veronica in season three. And nobody liked season three and nobody liked Piz. And so uh, combining the fact that he was a character people didn't like with the fact that he was the love interest in a season they didn't like uh, meant that basically for, for a long time, Piz was like the most hated character on the show. Oh, no. Um, uh, and, and I feel bad because as far as I can tell Lowell is just a really fucking nice guy And he's a pretty decent actor But it's just one of those like You know how it is There are certain characters I think Blaine actually fell into this for a little while Where it's like no matter how good David Anders was There was like two seasons where he was just like Just fucking kill him already um,
0: Yeah It was season two And Part of season three where I was like that Yeah but I'm glad he's persisted for so long because it's him being the ultimate big bad at the end of it all. Yeah. Yeah. Makes it makes all the shit we've been thrown with him so yeah. much more worth it. And there
1: was actually there was a really good line um last week or the week before. I think it was last week uh where he does something atrocious as he wants to do. And then when when Peyton looks at him in disbelief, he says something along the lines of, like, oh, wait, did you still think that I was going to turn out to be a decent person deep down?
0: Oh, yeah, I was yeah, kind of hoping was...
1: for that, too. And then he, like, does something else terrible. Um, I, and I felt think like, that was last week. Yeah, I, I, just, I thought that was one of the better... Like, that's a great encapsulation of him, because he really did, for a little while, seem to be genuinely struggling to not be a piece of shit. Um... But then he came rip roaring back this season because uh, one of the things that you learn is that when you give a garbage person basically unlimited power, uh, there that doesn't make them a better person. No. And and so uh, this season he was he was peak Blaine. He was as much an evil son of a bitch as you could want him to be. Um, and I, I will say his eventual, like, his his fate at the end of the series is more or less what you'd expect. Um, okay. <laughs> there's there's actually, there's one word in the finale, and as soon as that word is uttered for the first time, you're like, oh, so that's what's happening with Blaine. Uh, and, and so I'm, I'm curious to see, like, once you've had a chance to watch it, you'll have to message me and see if you had the same reaction I did. Okay. Uh, but there was a, yeah, My there, ears was, peaked. there was like one word that like, as soon as they said that word, I'm like, Oh shit, that's brilliant. That's what they're going to do. Um, and then, uh, I, I was right about that one. Uh, which again, that's as close as I'll get to spoiling both for your benefit <laughs> and for the people who might listen to slash watch this before they see the finale, because you absolutely should. Like if you're not a person, because obviously this is, a, this is not an iZombie zombie podcast. This is a movie podcast where we sometimes talk about TV and shit. And, uh, so if you uh, if you haven't watched iZombie, I would highly, highly recommend it. Chris, as the as the like resident iZombie expert, uh, why don't we 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 can reverse engineer something that we should have done twenty minutes ago, and uh, cool. and tell people who have listened this far and are sitting there going like I don't know what the fuck these guys are babbling about. Uh, tell them what the basic premise of the show is. So,
0: uh, um. Basically, Boat Party Happens, um, and a combination of an energy drink and a very powerful drug cause a lot of people to turn into rabid zombies. Which, this drug right here, actually. You know, good ol' healthy you. Uh, Utopia. Utopian.
1: This is actually uh, this is real Utopium from the set of iZombie. Zombie. Every year uh, we would do these big like Warner Brothers set visits where we go to ten different shows, and almost nobody ever gives you like gifts just for showing up. Uh, the two people who do are or who have in the last few years have been uh, the iZombie Zombie folks and the Legends of Tomorrow folks. And so every year we would go, and uh, one year they gave us Utopium and a brain, which I actually I don't have the brain right now; it's buried somewhere. Um, but it's it's. Give a it brain. up to
0: the goofy shows to uh, give you. the Well, stuff. And it,
1: it was a pretty cool. It, the brain's pretty cool. It's it's in like a meat tray, and it's wrapped in cellophane, and then it's it's labeled for meat cute, uh, which ah. is the shop from season one. And then oh, uh, that was, like, season two, they gave us those, or I think, yeah, season two, because it was right after, you know, the first episode they shot where there was the coffin full of all the you. Yeah. These are from that coffin. That's why they had oh, a bunch of the give out to random journalists. Um, and yeah. then every year after that, I've got, like, four of these, uh, they gave us water bottles. Um, and it's the same water bottle, although there's some black ones and some blue ones. But uh, I've, I've got at least four of them now because I, I actually took an extra from my sister-in-law because she had fallen in love with iZombie. And then by the time I, like, came back from Vancouver, she was like, oh, I'm, like, a season behind. I don't really watch it anymore. And so I'm like, fine, I'm going to keep your goddamn water bottle.
0: Yeah. I mean, I got my sister into the show. I got my girlfriend into the show. I've gotten many a person into the show. Like, it's that fun. Um, yeah. I mean, I, really... I like the tone of the
1: show is a lot of fun. Um, it's easy to compare it and I already have once, but it's easy to compare it to, uh, uh pushing daisies. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of like little reasons, but one of the things is all the fucking puns.
0: <laughs> oh, the puns have been top notch all series long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean it's...
1: the fact that the zombies name is
0: Livmore. um, yeah. And given how the title cards with each coming back from the break is just some sort of some sort of witty pun that mm. always gets a good chuckle out of me and my uh, I Zombie crew. Yeah. Um, but yeah.
1: it's funny. Uh, earlier today, um, there's a there's a scene, and this was in the trailer. I don't feel too bad saying that it's a scene that exists. Uh, there's a scene where they're on an airplane. Uh, coming Ooh. back from their heist last week. And so uh Liv and Robbie and and uh Clive are all on a plane. And when I tweeted like that seems like a singularly terrible idea because like TSA and security and everything. Uh It's some... a private jet. <laughs> no, no, it's very much not because like the whole time they have this woman who Pretty is pretty sure she recognizes. Yeah. The person in the seat next to Liv is like, Do I know you from somewhere? And I think the obvious like they never really pay it off, but I think the obvious implication is that she had seen the the renegade documentary. Oh, yeah. But so like I I said something about that and some other person tweeted back at me, Flight of the Living Dead, which is the name of this like crappy, like Z grade uh independent horror movie about zombies on a plane from about ten years ago. But it's also a title card they used in like episode one hundred two or one hundred three, when uh, it was the the first appearance of Max Rager as a plot point when the, the extreme sports skydiving murder happened.
0: Oh yes, okay, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah that which was actually is
0: definitely very early on.
1: Oh yeah, it was it was it was on the it was in the first four episodes. I remember because uh, back when this show debuted, CW used to send out physical screeners for uh for new series, yeah. and so i actually have somewhere around here because i never throw that stuff out i actually have like dvds of the first four episodes of i zombie uh, just
0: 2014 was weird <laughs> yeah um
1: but weird so that middle
0: was... point between physical and digital media <laughs> yeah oh yeah
1: Well, and I the the other thing is too that like the CW hung on to the physical media stuff for longer than a lot of other networks. I think. Um, Hmm. Yeah, here we go. Uh, In this little little, wow, yeah, this these four DVD or these two DVDs are uh, pilot. Brother, can you spare a brain? Which I think is the one about. um, uh, The girl from Scrubs was uh, her artist. Boyfriend was killed. Uh, oh yeah, husband.
0: it was uh, the Latino lover brain or something like that. Yeah, that live was yeah, on that and lover, and then the it exterminator the first crazy slide. brain. Yes, that we got, yes.
1: and it's funny. Uh, over the years, I I really warmed to the crazy brains. Uh, that was that was another thing, kind of like all the coincidences. That like my more grounded sensibilities kind of like I watched the first chunk of the show and was like, "Uh I don't know about like the way over the top brains. But by the time we got to the (laughs) end of the show, I'm just like, no, that's that's a huge part of the show's appeal. Like, you just if you don't like the over the top
0: brains, eventually you're going to check out of the show. (laughs) Salsa dancing brain being very, very top for this season.
1: Honestly, the one thing I kind of wish, because I, when I was talking to Rahul, he, he told me that, like, originally the, the heist episode, they wanted to do, like, a legit Ocean's Eleven, where each of them would have, like, five or six brains instead of just the two or three that they got. Mm. And I'm like, you know, that's the kind of thing, especially with it being the last season and the second to the last episode. Like, I would 100% have watched, like, a movie length, like a two-hour broadcast episode, so it was, like, 90 minutes, of iZombie to get the, like, the full
0: heist experience. Um, that would have been great. I mean, uh, the brains we did get were fun, though. The oh, yeah. The fact that Ravi dropped his entire British accent for a yeah. Russian accent had me on the floor laughing.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and I mean, that's part of it, too, is, is that, uh, you know, Rose has been... Like killing it for this whole time with having to do 15 brains a season. Uh, yeah,
0: she's she's literally done the work that no other has done.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's uh, I think I think that part of the reason that Rahul has been like I, I feel like he really got energized by getting to do some of those these last couple of seasons where it's like oh. it's a whole new challenge because. You know, with with Rose, she's been doing it since 102. With other people, like when Buckley had to do it or Rahul had to do it, it was like, this is a thing that happened way later in the season and you only get to do it once in a while, and so it's now it's like a crazy special thing.
0: <laughs> uh, though major on Teenage Girl Brain, yeah, will that, always, always be that's, my favorite of all time. I think that's basically the highlight. It's funny somebody
1: asked uh, Rose what her favorite brain was, and she said D and D brain just because they got
0: such great like stuff out of it. Oh, D and D brain was phenomenal. Like the brains themselves have been, yeah. whether or not they're actually like tied into the importance of the plot of the episode yeah. or the overall narrative is really meaningless to me. It it's just a fun exploration of character and yeah uh it's, whoever said power ranger actors can't act has not seen rose McIver on this show yeah i know so it's it's you know it's
1: funny uh one of the great things one of the things I, I rewatched the pilot today like i had it on in the background while i was uh while i was transcribing the rob thomas interview mm-hmm. and I, I picked up a few things first of all uh in the pilot clive is drinking a max rager um <laughs> Which I had never noticed before, and I think I've never noticed it before, because even after I... Uh, like, even after Max Rager became a thing, and you're rewatching, watching um, he... Uh, it, it doesn't have the familiar logo. Like, it doesn't have the... Uh, the Max Rager logo that you're used to seeing. Yeah. It had... It's like a blue and purple thing that's very... Like, it's very much inspired by the Red Bull can. And, uh... But I was like, I was watching the pilot, and he picks up the energy drink. And at this point, all this time later, you're like, if anybody's got an energy drink on this show, it has to be Max Rager. And so I like froze the screen and was like, yep, look at that. Uh, Thankfully, it wasn't a Super Max. Yeah. But the other thing is, the other thing that kind of uh, really interested me was, uh, first of all, how how naive everybody was. Uh, there's, there's a lot of, like, things where you're just, like, oh, man, in, like, a season, you're gonna be so unhappy about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but also, uh, when, when, Ra- when Ravi first approaches her, and she asks, like, how long have you known? Uh, and he says, like, well, since so-and-so, I can't remember, the the guy, the, the, the brain, the guy with the brain's name, but he's, like, since so-and-so, this get, the gangbanger who came in all shot up, and all I could think was, like, Remember back in season one when, like, Liv didn't get completely overwhelmed by every aspect of the personality over time? Because, like, the version of Liv that we saw in later seasons, it would have been absolutely impossible to imagine. that She was on, like, gangbanger brain, and that he wouldn't have immediately known, like, something's desperately wrong with this woman.
0: <laughs>
1: <sighs> I mean, maybe yeah. he was just a super chill gangbanger. Who knows? But, uh... I don't know. Uh, wow. That was it. Was like that was my first thought when he said, "Like this is how I know." Is, is I forgot that it was because he had to like pull the body back out and found some brain matter missing, and I was like, I was thinking that he was gonna say, "You." She started acting super fucking weird, and
0: uh, <laughs> that would have been your first clue. Yeah.
1: Uh, uh I still actually um. One of the things that they've nailed throughout the life of the series is every single time uh, there's a reveal, like every single time somebody found out about zombies, it was always gold. Um, starting with Ravi, because Ravi had uh, the, the best, most unpredictable reaction, which was basically just to be like, oh, this is awesome, you're a zombie. <laughs> and then like just move right in on the but like i i to this day having seen the entire series now i don't think ali machalka ever delivered a performance more powerful than the scene where she found out like that was a that was a fucking terrific piece of acting um and uh and then like the the season after that we got clive and then the season after that we got johnny frost um oh johnny uh i will say um aside from the series regulars um so basically you know Liv, peyton ravi major blaine uh johnny frost i think might be the only other person who from the pilot who's who is still in the finale uh, Johnny Frost does make an appearance. Yes. Uh,
0: <laughs> that's what we were uh, predicting. We were like, oh, yeah? Johnny Frost better make a cameo, because he, he was there at the beginning. He better sure as hell be there at the end. Well, it, here's the thing. Um, there's there's a lot of, like...
1: I don't even want to say callbacks, because it's not as simple as like a line of dialogue that's calling back. But there's a lot of parallel storytelling they've done this season. Like... Mm-hmm. I feel like the, the thing with the Freilich kids is an opportunity for them to kind of right a wrong in terms of major having been unable to save the kids in season one. Yeah. Like, you've got, Cause like that really occurred to me last week or the week before when Ravi was just like, want to go save some teenagers? And I'm just like, Oh, I remember that. <laughs> um, but, uh, I, I, I feel kind of similarly with, uh, with a lot of things this season like you'll you'll see this the cameo that johnny frost has is a nice kind of mirroring scene to a to a previous scene that that johnny did at a different point in the season and it's like as soon as he shows up on camera you're like oh that's what they're doing and it's kind of perfect um that's one of the things they've been really good at i think in in terms of the writing on this show is always knowing like okay we've only got three scenes with so-and-so we got to make them count and uh, a lot of characters, like the police sketch artist who ended up being their D&D buddy, and Johnny Frost, and, uh, and guys like that, it's like, yeah, there's no... There's never a bad scene with them.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to miss a lot of these characters. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. I feel like this season, we got a lot more time with some of the side characters, like Vampire Steve... Oh yeah.
1: We got a lot more Vampire Steve and a lot more Donnie this season than I think we'd ever gotten in previous seasons.
0: Yeah. And it was nice. It was really <laughs> nice getting all all of them back and again. Honestly, even, I think even, part <laughs> Oh I, I think part of that was the relative stability
1: of the core relationships. Like yeah. throughout the the final season Peyton and Robbie didn't have drama, Major and, and Liv didn't have drama, and it's, like, even if they weren't, like, actively a couple, uh, their dynamic was not fraught, and so they yeah. weren't spending a bunch of screen time on, like, pulling those people apart and putting them back together. It's, like, they had found a workable status quo. And so that gave the writers freedom to, instead of worrying about those relationships, to kind of uh, focus on some of these side characters who become fan favorites. Uh, it's, it's very much like the this like season of Psych where uh, Sean and Juliet were happy together. And before everything came crashing down for a season and a half and they had to rebuild, um but there was like that one stretch of time where it was like oh we don't have to service the romantic subplot anymore and i don't mean that in a bad way like i don't mean to say i dislike romantic subplots because i don't but like in in the season of psych where it was like oh no everything's really great with these two suddenly like we got a lot more woody we got a, a lot more lassie and we were able to kind of reconnect with people who maybe were getting a little bit less screen time than they deserved because like the Sean and juliet stuff ate real estate
0: like it just did yeah uh i think that was season six if i'm not mistaken i think so but my brain is so and sucked, that right. was the season that brought me into the show because that was the one show where i started randomly in the middle of the series and worked my way backwards so the fact that it hooked me with all those characters yeah. definitely was something was
1: Jess Harmon, uh, the the, who, the actress who plays Dale Basio, was she on Psych at some point? I feel like, because she's a Vancouver person, it just seems like she should have been. Um, not sure. Uh, I know that uh, um, Bryce Hodgson is Canadian, but he's not actually from Vancouver. He's from uh, Toronto or something.
0: Yeah. But... Uh, Oh, excuse me. Let's see. Jessica Harmon. Let's see. Filmography. Let's see. Yeah, she was in Black Christmas. Huh. Um, Supernatural. Arrow. Okay. Um, no. Huh. Funny I've, enough, she
1: she played two different roles on uh, Supernatural at different times. Yeah. 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 No. No. Psych. Uh, which again is not not hugely surprising because she's not like she's not that old. So I feel like she would have been pretty young when she was in Psych. But I just I always figure anybody from Vancouver has probably been on like Arrow, Psych, and Supernatural. Yeah. Because they ran
0: for so long, oh, I can't believe Supernatural's coming to an end. I know that's that's uh, like really that's crazy, fucking uh, wild. It's I, actually it's gonna be it's gonna be a
1: weird year when we do our like big set visit thing, because first of all, if we go at our normal time, I think Arrow's over. Yeah, Arrow because, would be done shooting. Yeah, because usually we go and it's like episode ten. Um, and it only has, like, what, eight episodes? Uh, I think it has Nine? ten episodes, although it's going to be over... It's expected to be over, you know, at Crisis. And usually we are there, like, one or two weeks after the crossover event happens. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if they, like, rework that, if they give us a different set visit week so that we can see Arrow, or if they, like... Bring us in at the end of the crisis so that, like, Steven's still there even if everybody else is gone. But uh, yeah. either way, like, we're going to be doing, like, Arrow's last season and Supernatural's last season during our set visit. It's going to be really crazy because
0: for a lot of us,
1: especially somebody like me who's been – I've been covering TV, you know, primarily for five years, it's like those those were around long before I started
0: doing this. Yeah. Like, I was talking to, about Supernatural to someone the other day, and I'm like, the show started when the CW was still the WB. Yeah. That's how long the show's been on the air. Yeah, I, w- I used exactly that same thing to
1: contextualize it with, uh, I think actually with Zach on the previous episode of this podcast, uh, where I was just like, yep, it, it survived the network shift. Like, and I think back then it was basically just that and Veronica Mars, um, and then yeah. maybe maybe Charmed. Yeah. Um, because there were a few yeah. things that made the transition, but even Charmed wouldn't have been uh, Charmed wouldn't have been the WB; it would have been UPN, I guess, or whatever it is that CW brought to the mix, or it's oh, C- that CBS brought to the mix. Because um, Charmed is a CBS show, um, very much like Nancy Drew is a CBS show now, and and so we're we're starting to see everything get scattered to the four winds in terms of where things are going to go for. For uh, digital services. They announced today at Upfronts that uh, or not Upfronts, at the TCA that uh, Batwoman is going to be on HBO Max, which is the new Time Warner um, streaming service. Which means uh, because the, the old contract has not expired for Netflix yet, um, all the Arrowverse shows except for Batwoman are going to be on Netflix and then Batwoman's going to be on the Time Warner thing. So there's not going to be a dedicated streaming home where you can just sit down and watch Crisis on Infinite Earths the way you were able to do with all the other crossover stories. I mean, for people like me who still fucking buy DVDs of everything, that's not as much of a
0: concern, but, you know. I mean, they'll all probably be... as if you're keeping current-ish, you'll be able to watch them all on the CW app anyway. Oh, yeah, absolutely. With the 15 uh Hidden Valley Ranch ads or <laughs> freaking Starburst or God, they've rolled the same same ads and it really bugs me
1: to no end. Yeah. It's, it's funny because it's it's interesting to see how like this basically there's like four sponsors that that advertise on any given thing. Uh, I've been listening to a podcast from, um, the iHeartRadio, like, family of podcasts, which, of course, has a ton of money behind it and everything, but, uh, yeah, like, every third ad is the exact same thing, and sometimes, like, there's, there's actually two slight variations on the same ad, which is, it's an ad for, like, a a tap-to-ride card you can use on the New York subway, so it's already pretty fucking niche, um, and then having, like... The, the, it's like the slightest variation in the world. It's like a 30-second ad, and in one version of the ad, it's like, what happens if there's a long line at, at the machine and something? And the other one is, what happens if there's a long line of tourists at the machine? And then, like, literally the entire rest of the ad is exactly the same. I don't know why they have this minor variation other than just, say, fuck tourists. Um, but, like, it's – I literally got the two different versions of that ad back-to-back. On a podcast I was listening to today, where it was just like, oh, we're going to do two versions of the Capital One, t- or the Chase uh, Tap to Ride. Which, by the way, you can tell that it's a really effective ad when I've heard it 60 times in the last three weeks, and I couldn't remember which bank it was for. Like, clearly, that's a really effective use of your
0: advertising dollar. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, mean, if I they want to sponsor say... this show, that's I will say they have gotten better at diversifying their ads because when the CW app first kind of launched back when Arrow first dropped it literally was four Hidden Valley Ranch ads back to back to back and
1: I remember those days for Hulu too and usually uh, it was higher value ads it was like cars and stuff but it was
0: still like two ads that just played like in a never ending loop yeah I'm I'm glad it's gotten better. Yeah. Not extremely better to where I'm not complaining about it, but you know.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, you're pretty tired, I'm pretty tired, so we should reel this back into iZombie for a couple more minutes, I think, probably. Yeah. Um, any any final thoughts on on the either the final season or kind of the show in general? I guess the one thing we didn't really talk about is how like from what you've seen, do you think that that the final season is uh is the
0: ending that you expect or the ending that you wanted for this show? For the most part. I mean... Knowing how you said surviving recurring... Yeah. Uh, people, I know someone's going to bite the dust. And I'm not going to be happy with whoever it is. There's... There's... <laughs> the, one thing I will say is that the, the death...
1: The death that comes in the last little chunk of the episode really feels like a why the fuck did that just happen kind of thing, and so it doesn't help it. Um, But, again, it'll be a thing that I'd be interested to hear your reaction after you've seen the episode and have the context.
0: Yeah. I just know that because of the nature of the show, we're more than likely not going to get anything beyond this finale. It's not like they can pull a Veronica Mars and do a a movie and also another season apparently yeah exactly or even like psych with two movies there's not much of a story i will say that
1: uh it it would be difficult but not impossible uh to do that because the way that the series ends it's it's fairly definitive um yeah and and again i don't want to Spoil any element of it, but like it's one of those things where it's both definitive, but also gives you a little bit of a loophole.
0: Um. Oh, Rob! <laughs> I, I, mean, you I, spies, I agree. I don't dog. think there's,
1: I don't think there's any chance we're getting like uh, an Eye Zombie reunion movie. Um, although I would love to see, I would love to see, uh, like the the Eye Zombie universe show up in *Christ's Son: Infinite Earths*. Just as you're, like, going through having all the worlds get destroyed. Like, you just see Clive looks up at the red sky and, like, drops his Nyx mug. <laughs>
0: like... Oh, no, not his Nyx mug. Anything <laughs> but that. Uh, it's pride and joy. It's funny when... Uh, God, that must have been...
1: Was it season one or two when the, the Nyx mug first appeared? I think it was two. It was, it was early on. We, uh... When we went to the set when we were in the police station... I remember, like, asking him, uh, is this yours or is it Clive's? Like, is this Malcolm or is this Clive? And uh, Malcolm was like, well, you're going to have to see how it plays into Clive, but it is mine, and this is the reason that we
0: picked the team. Because I like like the Knicks. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think someone asked that at a roundtable that I was at. Oh, yeah? Uh, for either se- uh for either season 3 or season 4 um, but I can't remember cuz gosh I haven't been to Comic-Con in 2 years now
1: it's you know it's always it's crazy to try and remember stuff like I'm I'm thinking back to all these like set visits and thinking of like the questions that we asked and stuff and I'm always like it's such a blur last year especially because like when we went for the season 4 set visit we knew from the end of season three that it was an entirely different show. Like, yeah. literally, the geography of the of Seattle had been upended, and so uh, knowing that going in, but not having seen any screeners because it was a midseason show, they gave us like this five-page packet of like, here's all the shit that you need to know about season four, so you can ask your questions. And it was like, they gave it to us half an hour before we sat down with Malcolm. And it was just like, you're looking at this going like, this is way too much information for me to effectively process in the time you've given me to process it.
0: Uh. Yeah. But if you haven't watched the show, you need to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, If for some reason you ended up watching Santa Clarita Diet before this show. You might have a little more fun with this one. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a very similar concept, but... But it's like... Seattle.
1: It, yeah, and well, and it's it's also... Um, to, to, to borrow one of our favorite uh, similes, uh, it's it's like Psych and the Mentalist. Yeah. Uh, Santa Clarita Diet, it like, it still has humor and it has heart, but it takes itself a little bit more seriously and uh, doesn't have quite as much, like, it doesn't seem like the actors and the writers are having quite as much fun. And that's not to say that it's not a fun show by any stretch. It's just that, like, it feels very much like a, like a regular show that happens to be fun. Whereas iZombie, like, you can kind of watch a couple episodes of this show and be like, yeah, everybody making this show is
0: having a fucking great time. Yeah. Um. It's a fun show that has its serious moments, not the other yeah. way around. Yeah. Um, but... And I
1: think, honestly, they did a really good job of balancing, uh... Uh, particularly this season, but just in general, uh, of balancing that, of balancing the fact that like this is a show that's pretty light, so every now and again you're going to have a serious moment that's going to really like, you have to really negotiate that tone and make sure that it's not, uh, that it doesn't feel out of place. And I think they did a really good job with that.
0: Well, yeah, you're going to have a moment where a zombie gets decapitated (laughs) by the anvil guillotine, and then in the next moment you're going to see a character doing a tap dance on a desk because of a brain they're on yeah you know or capoeira brain which <laughs> of the Blaine brains was a one that stuck out in my head the most yeah
1: um there is i will say um i i was really pleased in the finale and again like i won't tell you the specifics but because of like the nature of the finale. We knew oh. there's not gonna be like a big live brain thing. You know? Like Liv and Ravi are pretty much live and Ravi in this episode. They don't have a lot of time to be on brains. Um there is a like a moment in the episode where somebody get somebody eats a brain and it's like just enough so that it's there in the finale so that it's like oh something important came from the brain um which i really liked i thought it was a nice touch um and it also it was a like that particular element of like the thing that came from the brain helped them to put a button on something that i had been that had been kind of bothering me for a couple of weeks um so it uh It's always nice when when you get to, like, when you go into the finale, it's like, you know there's 500 things going on. You know that, like, this particular thing, you can't take... Like, you can't take time out to be like, oh, Liv can't focus on The Cure because she's busy, you know, tap-dancing on the desk or whatever. Like, you need to basically have Liv and Major be Liv and Major in this, And, and so... It's, it's nice when you get, like, a brief pause and somebody's on a brain and you're like, oh, yeah, that's right, that's a big part of the show and it's really nice that they found a way to put it in the finale.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, previous finales we've had, we had live on, like, ex-military brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, rest in peace, Rob Thomas the singer. Uh, <laughs> still not, still not okay with that. I, I still, <laughs> it's funny, I, uh,
1: my my in-laws really love like uh like uh spanish inspired music they do a lot of uh like middle or (laughs) middle eastern central american music and stuff like that and so they listen to a lot of santana and they listen to that song uh that he did smooth Mm -hmm. and every single time uh they that song comes on the radio I just think like yeah the last time I ever got a physical like a DVD screener from the CW was Heaven just got a little smoother
0: <laughs> uh, That song plays in the rotation of songs at work oh, along with like three other Matchbox 20 songs So And every time you just like oh and they killed him <laughs> <laughs> I just think back every single time and I go such a great song, but damn, did they have to kill him? <laughs> it's funny, um,
1: they they did a really good job, again, and not to get off on another thing, because we both have to go to bed, but uh, cool. uh, they did a really good job, I thought, of uh, just name-dropping little things so that felt like basically everybody was represented in some way this this season. Uh, there was a, a reference to... Uh, and I cannot remember her name for the life of me now, but that woman who ate Rob Thomas's brain at the end of season... Vivian uh, Stoll? Yeah, Vivian Stoll. Like, there was a Vivian Stoll reference in... I don't think Ooh. it was the finale. I think it was last week or the week before. And it was just like, oh, yeah, that's right, hey. There has been, like, a, just a litany of fucking maniacs running Fillmore Graves. Like,
0: oh, God. She was probably the most sane out of Oh, yeah, because she... she, Well, and again, she is, like... She's the the
1: proto-major in a lot of ways. Because she... uh, And and she was more smarmy than major because she was doing a lot of it for money. But, like, she honestly thought that, like, the solution was zombie island. You know, she thought that there was a way that you could just make everybody kind of coexist and that the military wouldn't just bomb the ever living shit out of zombie island uh,
0: yeah i mean at that time it could have worked with the amount of zombies they have when major proposed it mm-mm, that, yeah. that island's not big enough
1: no and and especially you know it's one of those things too where I think that it's it's kind of a game changer. Like Z Day was a was a game changer in that respect. Like I don't know how plausible Zombie Island is, post Z Day. Yeah. Like once it's widely known and there's people who you know the, there's these crazy ass Dead Ender vigilantes who are like hunting zombies. It's like okay, then then what? Because if if people start assuming like okay these guys are cool they're just other you know they, they've got their own little country and everything then like at some point you have to start talking about how to prosecute the dead enders you know yeah uh, so which i do think they do a pretty good job of like dealing and not dealing with some of the big questions that would be potentially really fucking derailing to the series in the finale yeah. where it's just like we're gonna we're gonna kind of Hand wave this with a line or two of dialogue and then just not worry about the fucking mechanics of it because it would be way too much. Um, But, uh, alright, so uh, any final thoughts before we uh,
0: wrap up for the evening? I mean, go watch the show. Indeed, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, Uh, at the time of recording, no other Funko Pops have been released of the iZombie crew just four different lives
1: yeah i i do have a i have a live somewhere in this office actually i think it's in a box now because every time i put toys on my desk the kids try to eat them but
0: yeah i've got one out in display and i think uh yeah i don't remember which one it is but i've got the leather there. jacket one
1: it was a san diego exclusive
0: like three years ago i think yeah uh, i have all four of them but I spent way too much money on the con exclusive ones I want to go. I, I want to go to that like design your own Funko uh, site oh. and just get a fucking Robbie done. Um, I mean, you probably could do it on the site, or if you ever find yourself in Everett, Washington, mm-hmm. Funko HQ has a build-your-own section too. Yeah, actually, that's one of the things is that like.
1: Funko HQ is is one of the like I'll never be there, but I also know that Funko has a good relationship with comic books, so I'm always like, do I want to spend eighty bucks or do I want to just like wait until I can ask somebody for a favor?
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: because you see, I'm cheap because I've been a reporter for twenty years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You've got a little more pull than this this guy here. Uh,
1: well, depends on who you ask,
0: but <laughs> well. I mean, in most circumstances.
1: <laughs> All right. So uh, do you want to, uh, uh, as, as
0: the podcast I've been listening to says, do you want to plug your pluggables? Uh, sure, sure, sure. So you can find me on Twitter, at SnarkySean. Um, the final episode of iZombie Radio will come out when it comes out. We haven't figured it out yet, because one of the hosts just happens to be out of town for a wedding that entire week that we were planning to record <laughs> if it if it helps any zach roberts who's
1: my most like I, there's like 20 people who have been on this show at different points but zach is my most regular co-host he's gone for like a month because he's shooting he's a, as a photographer he's shooting a wedding in switzerland Ooh. um and it's like our old boss's wedding, and he's like, he, the old boss, is like taking a bunch of the people from the office on his, on his honeymoon with him. So it's like this whole group of like six people who Greg is like paying to schlep around Europe for five, for like three weeks.
0: Um, and it's crazy. Yeah. It's the God Eye Zombie Radio, uh, Delicious Flavor with You, which has a new Jenna. episode
1: coming out. Tomorrow, probably actually technically today, but uh, yeah.
0: Which what was that again?
1: The international pilot, uh, our final oh. season one episode, and the the first appearance of Jenna. Although she's already been on like ten episodes of the show.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that.
1: Yeah, we had a we had a different co-host in in the pilot, and then very much like Psych did, we replaced our female lead after. Uh, after one episode. And so, oh,
0: man. Good times. We'll finally be getting into the Season 2 episode releases. Which, uh, God. Oh, man. I'm, I'm oh, excited memories. to get, like, halfway through Season 2, when we started doing
1: everything on Hangouts, and it's just so much easier to edit. Like, all this, like, audio that I have from the, the Skype recorder days is a fucking mess.
0: Oh, God. And it's gonna be a mess going forward. Oh, we're yeah. As we trying to figure out this... Garbage fire of yeah recording over yeah. the internet
1: yeah I'm just gonna have to like sign up for like a service or something which it, it it'll be fine I've just got to figure out what works uh for, for the context of people listening uh I, usually I've been recording on Google Hangouts because it's just really easy to do and like yeah it's not super feature rich and the resolutions resolution is pretty low but like who gives a crap because it works and. Uh, of course, that means that YouTube discontinued it. Actually, today. Um, so, so uh, me struggling to figure shit out. There's not even like people who have put together videos to sh- say like, here's how you fix it yet, because it's August first was the end was the the expiration date. So yeah. Had we done this yesterday, exactly. it would have been fine. <laughs> exactly. Which, because you didn't watch the, the finale yet, like we theoretically could have just fucking done it yesterday and not it wouldn't have changed the experience at all. Uh, no. But uh, no. but we had no idea because, again, with Zach out of town, I haven't recorded a new podcast in a week or two. And even then, we did a new release wall, which means we were sitting in a car recording it on my phone. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's been a while since I was on Hangouts. I didn't realize that the sunset of that was so imminent oh but, google yeah please change <laughs> yeah right uh anything else i mean i mean fuck i was when i was looking by the way for a, a video to help me fix this issue on youtube uh i got recommended a ben shapiro video and i'm just like no eat an entire bag of dicks google
0: yeah no go, go the fuck away ben we don't need but, you uh,
1: yeah um, did you get to Geekishly Toku before we went off on... on no. On Yet- <laughs> <Casino>? <laughs> uh,
0: and then I've got my other podcast that's sitting in a weird hiatus bubble. We have episodes recorded, but no way to edit said episodes <laughs> effectively. So there's, like, four or five episodes that are just sitting on my friend's hard drive, waiting to be edited. Like, As opposed episode- to, like, the 26 we have of Delicious Lever. <laughs> Yeah, but there's a reason behind that. Uh-huh. Laziness. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> that's true. Well, and also, to be
1: fair, uh, it's not just laziness. It's also the fact that back then, when we were first getting to know each other, we didn't get right down to business. And we'd go off on long tangents about shit that we shouldn't be talking about while being recorded. Yeah. And oh, yeah. So, a lot of a lot of trade secrets
0: being spilled, yeah. too. So there
1: was there's, like, right up through, like I said, around the time we started doing Google Hangouts, we stopped doing that. And so it'll be a lot easier to edit for like five different reasons. And I should be able yeah. to get back on like a twice monthly schedule at that point.
0: Yeah. Now if we can just get back to recording. Yeah, right. But, but nobody knows season four ahead of us. Yeah, nobody knows we've 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 tapered
1: off yet because we're still so far behind on releasing the actual audio that we do have.
0: Oh yeah. I mean those were and now, what, now that it's like
1: 2018 years, episodes yeah, or something. Now like that it's like two years old, I find myself doing all the like, "Oh, look, I have to cut this whole digression because it's talking about something that was upcoming at the time, and now it's so old
0: that it'll be hilarious." <laughs> or just leave it in because why the hell not? Uh, it's just in the description. This episode was recorded. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I, I've been
1: I've been going back and forth depending on how integral those references are to the overall conversation. If it's a digression, yeah. I'll just cut the whole digression. If it's in, if it's intrinsic to anything, then I'll just be like, fuck it. I'm just going to have to own the fact that I didn't bother to edit
0: this for a year. Yeah. Oh, well. You know, shit happens. We're all busy people. <laughs>
1: Alright, and uh, on uh, where can people find you on, on social networks before we... Because I've, I've disrupted your flow again.
0: Uh, just on Twitter, <laughs> at SnarkySean. I've got everything listed in my my thing, so yeah. if you need to know exactly where I'm at on podcasts or whatnot, just, like, poke me or something. Wait, that's Facebook. Don't yeah. poke me on Facebook. Whatever you do, don't do that. That's weird. But I think like, it's called weaving now. Oh, it's even worse. <laughs> or both. I don't know. Just somehow get in contact with me, and I'll let you know where I'm at.
1: Uh, same for me, actually. I'm. Uh, you can find me on at game on Twitter. I'm not going to spell that out because it's long and annoying, but you can find it at ECV underscore podcast, where I'm listed as one of the hosts, because I am one of the hosts of the Emerald City Video Podcast, which you are currently listening to. And uh, also, uh, as Sean said, uh, we, we co-host Delicious Flavor, a psych rewatch podcast together, where we talk about psych and uh, cheers, because I can't help myself. I mean, and we then, talk
0: about a lot of things on that show yeah that's most weird. not having to do with psych If i and, uh, and then honest. Uh, and then
1: yeah i uh have pretty much every other podcast that i've been doing has been like absorbed into the borg of emerald city video because i was so tired of paying to host like five podcasts it was costing me like 80 bucks a month and most of them weren't getting updated so i was just like fuck it no like archie digest is now ecv presents archie digest and it's just like got a, a URL under Emerald City Video Podcast, um, but yeah. So you can follow me on Twitter. You can you can subscribe to this show and Delicious Flavor, and then if you go to my Twitter bio, it gives you a way to find my writing at comicbook.com. So if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, I really want to hear what Rob Thomas had to say about um, you know the last season of Veronica or of uh, of iZombie, and whether or not he thinks that it would be appropriate for Rose McIver and Raul Coley to have a boat party on Veronica Mars, uh, then then that's where you would find that. Because so, that's the kind of question I ask when I have the showrunner all to myself. I'm just like, so, boat party. That's a thing, right? <laughs> Crossover. References. Why not? <laughs> so, uh, thanks everybody for listening to the Emerald City Video Podcast. I'm going to try to get this up before I go to sleep and probably fail uh meanwhile uh uh, be be back by noon on the fifth day for more from emerald city video and always remember to rewind your cassettes